0: CG Media presents High Tech Sunday. On today's episode of High Tech Sunday, our hosts, Dr. Mark Vaughn and Lengo Dean, sit down with the Director of Community Outreach for U.S. Senator Ben Cardin, Reverend Jerome Stevens. Up first is Corning Incorporated's Manager of Technical Talent Pipelining, Dr. Mark Vaughn. Next is Career Communication Group's Senior Technology Editor Wango Dean. Finally, our esteemed guest, Reverend Jerome Stevens. For over 30 years, Reverend Stevens has worked as a public relations consultant, providing outreach services to grassroots groups, including community-based and faith-based organizations. For his work, he has been a recipient of numerous awards, such as the Fullwoods Foundation Award for Community Service, an unsung hero for philanthropy, and the Community Award from the NAACP of Baltimore City, just to name a few. And without further delay, High Tech Sunday, featuring Dr. Mark Vaughn and Lango Dean.
1: Well, thank you so much, Brandon. And again, welcome everyone to this week's edition of High Tech Sunday. As has been the case for months now, we have an extraordinary opportunity for some really great discussion today as we welcome Reverend Jerome Stevens to the broadcast. Good afternoon, Reverend Stevens. How are you?
2: I'm fine, Dr. Vaughn. Just great to be here.
1: Awesome, we are really looking forward to the time uh, that we're gonna spend with you today. Very, very timely topic that we're going to be considering, the role of the black church, the pandemic edition. This is something that absolutely is going to, I believe, be enlightening, but also encouraging at the same time. So let's jump in. I have the pleasure when we're engaging our guests to find out a little bit about how you got to be you. And so uh, we think about an elevator speech from time to time. Uh, So with that in mind, if you were on the elevator, ground floor, going up to the sixth floor in my building, tallest building uh, on our campus, and we wanted to know who Jerome Stevens is, what would you tell us?
2: Well, I guess uh, you could say uh, I'm just a, a servant connecting people to make a difference. After I started out from a little smaller town, Plain Dealer, Louisiana, after watching my parents and grandparents who worked closely in the church and was very much involved in the community as well as meeting the needs of others in the community. And then I went off to school to Southern University, major in political science, And then somehow I landed up and ended up, if you will, in Baltimore City, working uh, in government, and now working with United States Senator Ben Cardin.
1: Very well. We're so glad that uh, your journey brought you uh, kind of to us today uh, on High Tech Sunday. So uh, you said, simply put, I'm a servant trying to make a difference. And, and that sounds like it's a mission, but what is it that drives that passion, would you say?
2: I think mean, one thing that drives my passion, it's not only connecting people and making a difference, but really seeing how you can really impact someone's life and making a difference in someone's life, moving someone from one uh, situation to another situation, uh, helping people—that's uh, what really drives the pa- passion. Is if you will, could be the ministry of health.
1: And you mentioned that you, uh, in your formative years, you were involved with and exposed to church, and certainly that is one of the areas that informs how we serve. And here on High Tech Sunday, uh, we have learned that uh, spirituality informs the lives of so many people in so many different ways. Can you speak to how your spirituality has informed your path? You said you went off to school to study political science, but here you are, Reverend Stephen. So uh, how is it that the uh, spiritual side has played a role?
2: I think it's played a very uh, critical role. as I'm a fourth generation preacher of the gospel, I've watched, by, as I indicated early, my parents and grandparents how they worked in the church. After you learn politics early by watching church politics, so I was all uh, around the leadership uh, of the church. Attended a lot of meetings, uh, watched them how they format the meetings, watch how they all issues uh, as relate to the church and the wider community and actually how they put their agenda forth and made it passable and possible to do things within the community as well as in the faith community.
1: It's interesting that that you make that a uh, really interesting uh, connection between Uh, church politics and the broader political spectrum, and I think that everyone listening can probably relate to uh, that idea. And so as you are thinking about our topic for today, uh, we certainly know uh, that when we are considering the pandemic, there is not a single sector of society that has not been touched by this experience over the course of the last year. And that is certainly true when we think about the black church. So let's jump into that part of the conversation. And right off the bat, uh, we heard in the intro that you have been doing work for Senator Ben Cardin. Can you tell us about that work?
2: Well, that's my relationship with Senator Ben Cardin started out when he first ran for the Senate in 205, uh, leading up to the 206 elections. Uh, At that point, uh, he reached out to me after speaking to several people in the community. He indicated he wanted to uh, get closer uh, to the African American, the black community. And I believe one person in the name of Delegate Keith Haines said, you better talk to Jerome Stevens if you want to get to the black church. And that's how I got involved with uh, his campaign. And done that time, actually, I leveraged my support for him by going to the black church, which I had a relationship with. Most of the churches, not only in the Baltimore metropolitan area, but in throughout the state of Maryland, having worked on several other projects. So it was, so then I came on board with him, worked through his campaign, and then uh, he had asked me after the campaign if I would consider coming on keep in mind there's so many, there are so few blacks in senior roles in the United States Senate. And at that time, I was not really was going to take the position. However, the late Reverend John Wright, who was an activist and supporter and the past president of the NAACP, he told me that I would take the job and don't worry about the money. He said the money would come. But then he told me this, and this has stayed with me since I've been employed with Senator Carton. He said I was taking the job for the, be- for the beloved community. He said, Drone, it's not your job, but you're working for us. And we would appreciate if you accept the job. And that's how I got on board with Senator Carton.
1: Wow, that's a great story, and an awesome testimony that it's it's not about the individual but it's about the community and and certainly, it sounds like that's just another extension of what you said earlier that you're driven by servanthood, and uh it's such an important thing for us to keep in mind these days how it is that we are serving each other. So let's let's back up and take a higher level view for a moment. Can you give us a, a brief overview in your perspective about the role of the black church and its importance in the black community here in the 21st century?
2: I think uh, recently on public TV, Dr. Gates, has started a series on the black church, which I kind of concur with most of what was said on that show. The black church has always been a key and typical institution within the black community. If you look at the history of the black church, it was where people met, where they worshiped, where they gathered for various events, and where they connected with one another. Before there was any type of uh, other social groups, or political groups, it was the church. And that has evolved over the years. A lot of our uh, organization actually was came out of the black church. And I think it was uh, even now, the church has been very pivotal uh, uh, with the issues of the day. You think about voting rights, You think about getting out the vote. You think about uh, jobs, housing, public policy. The black church has always been there, and it's still there with that. And even with the current situation with the pandemic, you have watched the church, and we have seen the church and have been active. and done what we can to provide human resources for people in need.
1: And so let's think about that then, Uh, as we said, the pandemic has certainly uh, not left the church unaffected. Uh, and so you just described how the church is key, uh, if you will, from twinkle to wrinkle uh, in, in our lives. Uh, and so it's a huge, huge factor uh, in how we actually go about this thing called life in, in, in many regards. So how has the pandemic, in your experience, impacted Black churches as a whole?
2: Well, Astros really has impacted the black church because no longer you can gather face to face or in person, or uh, collected as a congregation. The churches, most churches have had to pivot it, uh, to social media, social media platforms, while, as, while, you know, some had to establish some who didn't have anything, uh, uh, if you will, on the internet. So it's really affected the church quite a bit how they pretty much go about ministry. Uh, As I mentioned, you know, now you have more churches. Some were still done live screen broadcasts, but they were still at the church doing that. Now you got to do a live screen broadcast with pretty much just the pastor who's preaching. You may have some music, and you may have a technician, and maybe one other person. That's it. That's uh, three people, uh, four people uh, in, in a congregation when you might have had 50 to 1,500 people at one time. Uh, so now I see that the church is really pivoted. Uh, you see now, instead of just doing the live stream, maybe just Facebook or on the website, now they have uh, engaged in Twitter, Google Meets, Streamyard, Yard, YouTube, podcasts. And also, it affects church and giving. You can't pass the bastard, and then the mail has been slow, so smaller churches have created or use apps to increase their contribution to make it easier for people who are viewing their broadcast to also make contributions. And if you look at it, as I mentioned earlier, when some churches first started during the pandemic, pandemic was raw, But many have evolved with, you know, they have backdrops, they have music that is pre-recorded, it's more of a production, and also you have more trained technical support as opposed to someone trying to do something by themselves. And then still with the church, uh, uh, you know, they still have the core of ministry. I mean, uh, with this pandemic, the uh, food giveaways, you know, has been regular. Sometimes it might've been just once, once a week or once a month in some churches last weekly resource centers have been established community meetings on the COVID-19 as well as the vaccine. All of this has been done via the Internet and other media uh, social media platforms the information about the stimulus package as well as other relief assistance. The word has been given you get gotten out even though there's no more face to face churches have utilized the computers telephones emails and other devices to make sure that they are connected with the, not only their common congregations but the, in indeed the, the wider
1: community and so when you kind of uh Encapsulate what you just shared with us. Uh, you kept mentioning the word pivot. Uh, the churches had to pivot. We know that industry had to pivot. Organizations like Career Communications Group had to pivot. Uh, and so we all had to uh, make a move. And you indicated that that pivot was to a more technologically based delivery of ministry you mentioned live streams and and giving uh using apps and pre-recorded music praise and worship and so we're here on high-tech sunday and what you just told us was that church has gone high-tech and it was born out of a necessity so let me ask you the question would you say that overall the pandemic has helped or hurt, or maybe not change church's role in the community one way or the other. What do you think?
2: I think it, it could be mixed. And, and I, let me say this because you have had, some churches uh, may not have had the resources to do some of the things uh, to invest in high tech or even have technical assistance. Uh, I was on a meeting once with a Zoom meeting. And a minister was on to perhaps do the prayer. He couldn't get on because he didn't have a device to have access to the internet. So in some cases, it has hurt some. And then if you look at the giving, a lot of churches said that giving have increased because they are reaching not only their congregations, but a much wider audience. So that have, 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 have done well. And then you still have the ongoing church have continued to be the church for the community by becoming by becoming more relevant and also witnesses just using high tech.
1: And so, with that regard, uh, would you would you say then that uh, the application of the leverage of technology has actually helped churches to expand? Their reach?
2: I will say so. Uh, let's just say, done uh, the voting rights, done uh, the, the election of last year. Uh, churches had prayer vigils, uh, not just with the local church, but churches throughout the nation. And you could not have done that uh, immediately because you had to have a place of travel and everybody get there one, one place, but everybody got, got to one location, one site, one link with a push-up button. So that helped uh, churches uh, benefit from that. Uh, a lot of churches normally will have one, let's say, midweek worship service. Now you see a lot of churches are now on the way up or on the internet, or on some sort of social media outlet daily with Bible study, outreach efforts, and other ministry on a weekly basis. So, and then, you know, Ashley, uh, some churches even have allowed uh, the use of their buildings, even though they are not occupied, to be so that they can have towers to be placed on their buildings to really help bridge the digital divide. So I really think it's been mixed, but at the end of the day, I would say, it has been very helpful to the church.
1: And so think about, how it is that you said historically the church has kind of been at the the center of the black community uh now that we're in this virtual space uh do you think that the church still has kind of that core place in the community that it has had historically
2: I think so because when you think about let's say when covid there was a lot of churches done done COVID testing, uh, the hesitant of the vaccine. Uh, a lot of churches have stepped up and pastors have stepped up via the uh, uh, social medias to encourage people to get the vaccine. So I think it has, it, it, it has, it, it has remained uh, a trusted institution and reliable institution uh, that, that people can count on.
1: And I certainly agree. I I had shared with the team that I was going to try to be on my best behavior today uh, because I am a pastor as well. Uh, And this pandemic has been no joke. You uh, you did have to pivot, but we know that there uh, is still nothing like that physical engagement. being able to actually shake someone's hands, throw your arms around them uh, in times of celebration or in times of grief, uh, and being able to make that physical contact. As a minister yourself, how have you seen the lack of or the reduced amount of physical engagement impact relationships in the church community?
2: that, that that will say this, let's say. I have seen it because what, instead of having somebody shout glory, hallelujah, I'll say it again, I've seen that on the chats as the ministers mm-hmm. preach on the chat. Uh, I'm seeing the call and response been put in writing as opposed to being there in person. So it's almost like one of these old days sooner or later we'll, we will be done with these troubles and we shall get back to the church one more time but while we have this situation we're still going to go and pray praise the lord and hear the word be proclaimed so i think Thanks. that has been happening let's say the tape against uh ash wednesday i had the opportunity to preach ash wednesday at a church in baltimore city uh, Podcast, and say it was on Google Meets, It's 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 now on their Facebook page. And I will say, you know, and as a preacher, you you want to hear somebody sound out when you say something. You want to hear amen. But at that time, on that service, that service, it was just one one person saying amen. That was the preacher because he was the only one in the in the congregation. They, they shot every day, did the production in their sanctuary. And I preached just like the church was filled. I could imagine seeing the pews filled and hearing him saying amen when I hit something. And yes, when I got to the celebration, glory, hallelujah. After a while, you know, just for a moment, it will be over and we will have glory. So I I, I say that to say that we soon will get back face to face, but until then, we still can have church.
1: You got that right. And I, when you were uh, sharing that experience, I said, No, I've told you that I'm going to try to be on my best behavior. Uh, but uh, I was about to say, Let the church say amen, uh, because it, right. re- it really is the case that um, as we have had to adjust, We are still able to, by God's special grace, have those connections uh, and even get the word out to a broader audience. And so uh, it is different. uh, But some things hopefully won't go back to the way they were because we would miss the opportunity to connect with more people uh, as a result of that. So I got a lot more that's on my mind uh, and I'll come back uh, in a few minutes and share that as we engage. But I'm happy to uh, hand things over to my co-host, Lango Dean. She's going to take us further in the conversation. Hey, Lango, how are you?
3: Hi, Dr. Vaughn. Nice to talk to you again.
1: You as well.
0: You're listening to High Tech Sunday featuring... Dr. Mark Vaughn, Lango Dean, and our special guest, Director of Community Outreach for U.S. Senator Ben Carton, Reverend Jerome Stevens. Now, back to the show.
3: Thank you. Uh, Welcome, Mr. Stevens. It's a pleasure to have you on the show. Reverend Stephen, sorry. My question is, and and I listened to you talk to Dr. Vaughn about religion in the social media age. So my first question is, um, how has the pandemic affected youth participation in the church? Has youth participation
2: increased or decreased? I think during this pandemic, when it first started, I would say, and it may, may have been at the same, we may not have that much participation, but as we evolved and moved through the pandemic, I saw youth participation increase. And this has increased by providing an opportunity for young people to participate just as they may have done in a face-to-face or in-person worship experience bring them into the wish of experience, into your production of the service. Therefore, let a youth come on, do the prayer. Let a youth come on and speak about a certain issue. Let a youth come on and do this or talk about certain issues that was going on in their lives or uh, within the community. So I think in a real sense, uh, there has been internet accessibility. Uh, some youth and a lot of youth have increased their participation with the church and they don't have to get up and dress they can just sit there nobody don't see them and they can have the sweatsuits on the shorts or whatever and participate
3: that's great and i like the fact that you said young people come on and they talk about issues that affect them, and they talk about things that they're doing, and there's so much to talk about because during the pandemic, um, people of all generations have gone through so much. So what are the sort of things young people are engaged in during the service? What issues do they bring to
2: the service? I think well, these are the issues that we have had. I don't remember the New Shallow Baptist Church and let me point out some of the things that they have been involved in at the church. Uh, they had like the youth was talking about the issue, issues of like going back to school, uh, uh, in-home school. College students talk about uh, not being at school on the campus, but being at home, uh, uh, working on their thing. And also, because of the pandemic, the celebrations that youth was encountered. Uh let's say the various holidays. The church has provided uh opportunity for the youth to come by the church, if it's no more than a drive-by, put it on the on the screen, just let everybody see that they are celebrating the various holidays and events in their lives as well. So those are some of the things that uh, I've noticed at the New Shallow Baptist Church, which has been done under the leadership of Reverend Dr. Harold Alfonso
3: Carter, Jr. That's wonderful. It's great to see, to hear that they're talking about things that, you know, they would talk about anyway, Um, and um, that the church continues to be a place where people can come and share social issues, uh, health issues, uh, community issues, personal issues, what have you. But for those people who can, I know just about everyone has a cell phone now, but sometimes getting on these platforms, you have connectivity, problems, especially if you don't have high speed Internet. So how has the digital divide? Um, how has that been a problem for people who want to play a role in uh, the social media church?
2: Well, I think we have also provided options option for people to use the telephones, communicate with people via telephone. And as I mentioned earlier, some churches have also allowed the buildings to have towers placed up on top of the building to help bridge the digital divide. Uh, I think everybody has done what they could do in spite of things to try to communicate and connect with everyone, even if they did not have internet accessibility.
3: That's wonderful news. I'm I'm glad to hear that that the church, I mean, there was one great story that I I, uh, heard about as well that uh, well, this is for school kids, that, you know, people were putting boxes on buses and going into communities to help more people in in, um, in communities connect to, to the Internet. So that's great that churches have been used like that. So what, what advice would you give to young people? How can they get more involved in ministry during this
2: pandemic? I would say to just everybody, come, come. Just like you search for on Facebook for anyone else, do your search for the churches. Come and fellowship and worship with the church of your choice. It is there. All you got to do is just click on, make a telephone call and you're there. That's
3: wonderful. My last question before I turn it back to Dr. Vaughn is, You've obviously worked with a lot of young people in your ministry uh, in and around Baltimore and and around the state of Maryland. What would you say to them are the top three keys to success for young people, whether it's digitally or or uh, virt- virtually or real, real time? What would you say are the top three keys to success for young people?
2: Well, I would say having a, a strong foundation with one family. Having a strong faith in God and being familiar with oneself, and also uh, education, that would be that would be what I'd say. Those have been uh, great foundations and paths for success.
3: Thank you, Reverend Stevens. It's been great talking to you this afternoon. I'm going to turn it back now to Dr. Vaughn. Dr. Vaughn.
1: Thank you, Lango, and uh, the conversation continues. And that that uh, segment involving the youth was uh, extremely important to hear because it was already uh, a challenge in some cases to keep young people engaged when we had in-person ministry and programs and and activities. Uh, When we pivoted to virtual, it certainly became even more of a challenge. But guess what? Young people are experts at using technology, and so uh, it's been It's been kind of cool in that regard. Uh, I want to, before we kind of turn things uh, to a a lighter side for uh, this last segment, want to loop back just quickly uh, to talk about your work with the senator. As his office is looking at What is needed for outreach or needed period uh, at this present time in our country? Uh, What is the primary focus uh, for the senator and how are you helping address that focus?
2: Well, as the community outreach director uh, and of course Senator Cardin most recently became the uh, chairperson of the Senate Small Business Committee. Uh, my role is to actively connect him with the community and from day one that's what I've been done is to connect him with the beloved community, as I might say, and I have used, as I mentioned earlier, the various tools and platforms to do so. We have had town hall meetings with the faith community when it came to the, uh, the uh, <clears throat> uh federal relief packages. One of the first meetings we had was a town hall meeting with the faith community. And since that, we have had several. In fact, I'm planning another town hall meeting, virtual. All this is virtual. Town hall meeting on March the 22nd uh, with a group of clergy throughout the state of Maryland. Uh, on the various issues, whether it be with the business community, we have had uh, meetings with them as well. All the segments of the community we have met with virtually. Uh, instead of, of trying to put these meetings together, drive to, find a location, make sure I got enough room for everybody, we have the now is making sure you have enough bandwidth to have everybody on a, on, on a, on a platform. So we have done those things in trying to connect with the community, maintain relationships, as well as establish new relationships because because of the of using the internet and this and in this season you can reach much more people at one time as opposed to saying if I, I'm going throughout the day I might meet with four or five people. Now I can meet with over hundreds of people in a given day.
1: That's great and and so important. When you think about the fact, again, you said that all of these encounters uh, and these forums are happening virtually. So again, uh, you're leveraging technology. You mentioned, though, uh, the scenario where you had the deacon or the minister who was invited to pray. And he did not have the right infrastructure or the right equipment to allow him to participate. And so as you and Langle were speaking about the digital divide and how that's being addressed, are there things that are being identified to actually assist people come up to speed uh, with not only the acquiring of equipment, but actually learning how to use it?
2: There are some programs that in some churches are trying to assist with special seniors in trying to get up to speed. Now, when it comes to the pandemic and getting the vaccine, there's a lot of people, they, they, they put it out, you got to sign up online. A lot of people don't have computers, as we know. The University of Maryland have been working with churches as uh, ambassadors to go out into the community and equip them with computers to help them uh, uh, sign up up for the vaccine. And that has been by the relationship and partnership with churches.
1: I'm so glad to hear that because I've been having conversations uh, here. I'm located in upstate New York, but I'm sure that this is a conversation that's playing out around the country and even the world. And that is how we are so reliant on technology now uh, for things like telemedicine and now signing up for things like the vaccine, Uh, but not everyone has the means uh, to actually make those connections. And so here we are again looking to uh, institutions like the church to actually close the gap. So really glad to hear that that's happening uh, in your area of influence. Uh, So let's switch gears and and, end uh, with a a little fun. Uh, So gonna ask you uh, this question that that I think you'll like. Uh, If you could have a conversation, let's say a long lunch, uh, with any leader, past or present, who would you pick and why?
2: Well, I would pick my daddy, the late Reverend Herbert Stevens. And I'll pick my daddy because I say, daddy, I remember going to the meetings and playing dealing at the churches that you was having, when we was having problems with our school and integrating the school system in Volsha Paris in North Louisiana. I would say, Daddy, I learned and watched you do that. I say, Dad, I'm doing something the same thing. I'm pulling people together to talk about the issues. I'm pulling two people together to make a difference I'm pulling the people together so that we can have a change in our community. I will have that conversation with my dad, and we will eat, sup, and just have a good old time.
1: I love that. That's, that would be, a, I'm sure, a great conversation. Before we ask you to share uh, your your uh, parting thoughts with us, uh, is there a way that folks who are interested in uh, following you or contacting you, both as uh, the outreach uh, community outreach director for the senator uh, or uh, in connection with the other roles that you play as a servant leader, uh, not just there in Maryland, but uh, reaching beyond those borders? Uh, do you have a means by which folks can connect with you, email, Twitter, social media? Uh, how, can, how can folks follow you?
2: Well, I'm a little slow with Twitter. I do have a Twitter account, but uh, I'm scared to put something on there. i like to say the wrong thing, so they have dropped me off. But but you can contact me. They will do it. Uh, You can contact me via email. My email is Stepper. that's J-S-T-E-P-A, Apple, in Apple, at 21 at gmail.com. And, of course, I'm on Facebook as Jerome Stevens, J-E-R-O-M-E, S-T-E-P-H-E-N-S.
1: Awesome. Well, thank you so much for uh, letting us know how uh, we can uh, continue to follow the good work that you're doing uh, there in your area, and hopefully, uh, it will inspire work uh, that others are doing in theirs. So, if you if you wouldn't mind, uh, Reverend Stevens, what parting thought or a word of inspiration or encouragement might you leave with the audience today?
2: Well, first, let me thank Career Communications Group and Tyrone Taborn for this opportunity to have the country preacher to talk about high tech, the role of the black church, and how it intersects with high tech on Sundays. What my parting words will say, the church has always been there to provide continued support. It's also a great, peace and part of the community. The ever-present of the church is always there. It's always there, and I will say, death says the Lord, said upon this rock, I should build the church and gates of hell should not prevail against it. In other words, the church rock being a firm foundation, it's still standing, it's not going anywhere. It is an immovable institution no matter how people may talk about it or anything, you still will see that old church right in the corner. But now you see the church on the on the internet. They're still singing the songs of praise. They're still singing praise the Lord. They're still saying calling out prayer, a choice of keys. Oh Lord, they are still done that. They're still saying, I heard the voice of Jesus say, Come unto me. And they're saying that. And they are still being actively involved in the community, providing the necessary human resources for the beloved community. That would be my parting word, and I will say may God always bless you and keep you as we all strive to do what we can for one another.
1: Wow. That was a great way to, to wrap up our conversation for this time. Reverend Jerome Stevens, on behalf of everybody here at High Tech Sunday, it's been a great pleasure. Thank you so much for your time today. And I'm going to hand it back off to Brandon Newby for our send off.
0: Thank you for tuning in to this week's episode of High Tech Sunday. Career Communication Group's High Tech Sunday looks at professional development and technology through the lens of spiritual philosophies. In a time when digital information is more critical than ever, this weekly program is produced by and for CCG's community of alumni and professionals in science, technology, engineering, and math fields. The community runs from national thought leaders to aspiring students. And this weekly series aims to bring a concentrated discussion around technological advancements and achievements based on universal moral principles. The one-hour podcast will be streamed every Sunday. The podcast can be accessed through the Bay of Facebook page, Women of Color Facebook page, and CCG YouTube page, in addition to Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Podbean, and Spotify. Please join us next time.